It's been stoic in the opening half, and he's through here, Bloor, for the line, a try to Sean Bloor, it's going to be tall ball at the break. He's been terrific since coming off the bench. Ah, yes, the one positive from uh, last Thursday's game. My man, Sean Bloor, getting over for his first meat pie. Welcome in to another West Life podcast. I'm your host, Josh Barnett. Please give us a follow at West Life Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And we are brought to you by Holman Barnes Group, which includes West Ashfield League's best place to watch the game live and loud on Friday as we take on the Knights. We'll preview that game Later in the week, uh, at Westlife Pod on Instagram and Twitter, check out the link in there if you want to find all our stuff, including our YouTube page. We are back live on the line. It's good to be, I was about to say, good to be be back in Sydney. That's a lie. It's good to be back on YouTube uh, live with all our friends and fans and contributing to the game as much as I did enjoy sitting on the balcony watching the waves roll in on the uh, southern coast of uh, the, what do you call it? The Coral Coast of Fiji. But uh, back in cold Sydney, but uh, get to hang out with the fellas and ladies of the on the live line. So welcome back to everyone on YouTube. If you're not listening or on YouTube at the moment, please go to our YouTube channel and give us a like, subscribe, follow, comment, help us with the algorithm, even if you listen back to this on audio as well. And patreon.com forward slash Westlife. You guys, if you're listening, have... Uh, probably about 40-odd 40, 40 minutes to chuck your questions and rants and that sort of thing into the Discord. Uh, it's been, man, Thursday night games kind of suck, roll all the way to Monday. It's more than half a week ago. But uh, as I'll go to you first, had, uh, I mean, did you at least enjoy the weekend, getting getting the uh, West Tigers torture out of the way early? Yeah, g'day Josh, g'day Rob, g'day listeners. I yeah, my weekend was all right after the game. I didn't really focus too much on for the footy side of things. I kind of had a bit of a break. Um, didn't really have much to do with any of it other than watching bits and pieces of games. Um, it was nice seeing the Eels get absolutely walloped on Saturday. Um, <laughs> other than that, not a whole not a whole lot else happened. I kind of just took it easy, chilled out a little bit. And uh, welcome in to Mr. Bashara, looking very sleek, coming in from the red room there. Have you got a haircut, Roberto? It looks a bit... Yeah, I got a, a replacement haircut and got got botched up, but I'm running with it. <laughs> looking good. How are you feeling on this Monday evening? Well, firstly, welcome back, Josh. Uh, g'day, Aaron. G'day, everyone. Uh, I'm, I'm good, mate. I've had a great weekend. Uh, yeah, just looking forward to discussing this game. I, I didn't watch a replay. I... Uh, I started watching the AFL at a quarter time in the AFL. I flicked it over to the NRL and then I watched both games simultaneously, one on the phone, one on the TV. But um, yeah, look, boys put up a, a fight, I suppose. But as we said last week, where I, I, I didn't want this consolation loss stuff going on, but, you know, compared to the week before, it was a really good effort. Yeah, it's um, a very young squad and plenty to... Uh to take out of it i guess but it's just uh for the rest yeah the rest of the season is going to be a little bit of what can we get out take out of it hopefully i mean the st george illawarra clash in a few weeks time i guess that'll be a big one trying to avoid the spoon but this uh massive road trip uh across the country or across two countries coming up it's um it's going to be tough it's going to be tough but 
Righto, let's go to the Sheenzy presser to start with. I like uh, how he... you noticed um, Rob's haircut, Josh, but you didn't notice mine. I, you, you, you've gone the full... <laughs> Sorry, Az. Yeah, you've gone the full buzz cut. Did you join oh, the oh, army? No, not necessarily a buzz cut. Just, um, well, I didn't really... I went to somewhere new since I've obviously moved up here and I didn't really know how to explain what I wanted. So I showed him a, a picture from a previous haircut on my phone and just rocked with it. So <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, no, looking sleek as it's a, a bold choice for the fellows to go short when it's freezing cold outside. But uh... was well, not done by design, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, no, I need I need one every three months, but I did um, pick up my Mark Hughes Foundation beanie, so I've been uh, nice. using that to keep the 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 no longer a mop covered. <laughs> Beautiful, right? Let's get. Uh, I do, did realize this image is actually from previous week, but I promise the quotes are from the Sharks game. Uh, let's start with Sheenzy talking about the disallowed try to the West Tigers. We came back. We we're in the game. The try disallowed try to um, to um, Tommy was was a was a tough call I think so I'll have a look at that but even the last try I thought uh, we did enough to stop that um, on the corner and then you've got the one with um, I'll question the double movement thing too you can bounce but you can't extend the ball you can bounce into the in goal but he bounced there and then he reached out that's to me, that's not a try. But still, again, you know, I'm, uh, I'll take that up with the referees. But uh, I, I, I'm look. We had one and a half training sessions. I've had uh, lost the five eight in the first training session, and uh, and Will Smith came in and filled in. We've had um, two drop out of last week and one suspension, one training session come out. And I thought they've, they've handled themselves with a bit of pride. And saying that, they're still disappointed in. Uh, in the fact that we lost the game. Uh, as the Graham Annesley came out today and backed and did his little presser and actually backed the decision for Tommy to allow no try, it was a bit of a heartbreaker because Sharks literally went the other way. It was a 12-point turnaround, essentially game over from that point on. Uh, absolutely heartbreaking. I don't know, for me, I feel like, it's a tough one because I don't think Tommy Tillay ever had separation from the ball. I don't think he actually knocked it on into Nico Hines. And Graham Annesley said today that if Nico Hines' arm wasn't there, then Tommy Tillay drops it. But I don't think he does. I think just his arm actually just happens to touch the ball as Tommy Tillay was catching it. But it's a tough one. As yeah, as soon as that got taken off us on the night, I had a feeling like that was the that was the point where I started to think, yeah, we're we're not going to win this anymore, because um, that's that's sort of the the time where our boys' heads go down. And turns out I was right because we didn't score any other points other than what well we nearly scored points um, with another play in the second half. But yeah, I, the thing that frustrates me about it is um, they don't seem to check so. Uh, microscopically, I guess is the word I'm after. Mm. Every single try, they pick and choose tries where they want to um, skim through them with a fine tooth comb to look for absolutely anything they can find to deny the try. Um, where I think that if it takes them that long, it it really should just stay as whatever the on-field decision was, mm. um, because 
the the job of the bunker is not to disprove um, a decision that's been made on the field. The job of the bunker is to prove um, that, like, the decision was correct, I guess. Um, I'm probably not explaining this the way I want to, but the thing, the thing for me is if they're going to slow down tr- tries like that, then they need to do it with every single try, not pick and choose what tries suit them. Um, there's so many contests where you could say that that was knocked on um, or that was <clears throat> that was like offside or whatever, and they just they do it so laboriously, so slowly. Um, it takes them so damn long to pick through every skerrick of information about a try, and that's what frustrates me. And by that logic, um, there should have been multiple tries that the Sharks scored like their first one that was off a double movement where there was also a knock-on slash forward pass um, in the lead-up to it. And we can't forget the Sharks' final try as well, where it was at very least grounded on the touching goal line. Yeah, totally agree. As Rob, were your thoughts on the uh, Toliano try? I haven't re-watched it. Josh, uh, basically it comes down to, in my opinion, if Talao had a grip on the ball, it's a try. If Talao didn't have a grip on the ball and he was pressing the ball against Hines to maintain possession, then it's a no try. I thought he grabbed it with two hands, took one hand off it and still had a grip, like all the players do when they have one hand on a grip and they and they go down and score a try. So I thought it was a try. Look, more importantly, before that, we, you know, Wakeham had put in a really good kick for Kapara and we botched that mm. and... And that might have got us to 18 all as well. But the thing, as Aaron's mentioned, if that is a no try uh, to Tom Talao, then that last try to Katoa, I mean, it's basically the same thing. I mean, Buller's Buller's got his hands on the ball. So, like, if the ball's touched Buller, Hmm. saying there wasn't a little bobble there before he grounded it. Uh, The double movement to Katoa at the beginning of the game, like, well, the first try they scored, that was awful. I don't know how that was allowed. I even... Mentioned something in the Discord chat that that's Mitchell a double. Hines, wasn't it? No, no, it was uh, Katoa. Katoa's first try. So in the first half, the, the one that Aaron's just mentioned down the right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he got tackled short of the line and, and made, like, definitely made an intentional movement to get the ball over the try line. And, and you know, even though Cronulla had dominated the game early, we had made a bit of a stand to show up and play footy. And mm. when, like, it was nil all after 12 minutes. And when Cronulla got a penalty on our line, they took a penalty goal. That was basically an admission like, you know, bloody hell, these West Tigers have showed up. They're going to give us a game. We better take the points while on offering and just put some scoreboard pressure on them. So I just thought it was harsh that the Katoa try was allowed. I don't really care about the Talao one. If he didn't have a grip, it's no try. But I actually thought he had a grip on it. So hmm. I don't know. I haven't rewatched it, mate. So if they've come out and said no try, it's no try. But we don't, we don't seem to get, you know, calls at the best of times. So... Uh, and we're not a good enough team to be, you know, copying the wrong end of 50-50 calls or, or any calls for that matter. And and let's face it, I, like Tim Sheens is right, you know, we were depleted. And I had, a look at, I had a look at the round one team this year. And basically, if you look at that whole back line from one to seven, Tom Talao is the only starter from that back line. Mm, Every, that's crazy. I, I, like, like, don't get me wrong, Buller has earned his spot and will stay there. Toa yeah. will... Power has earned his spot and will stay there. But these weren't in our first choices at the start of the year. So it's a completely different looking back line. 
yeah, we're proud of the effort, but all the things I said last week, proud of the effort, can't get upset about anything, but, you know, I don't want to be glorifying 24-point losses. Hmm. That, that That's the reality of it. And and we, we were at this stage a couple of years ago with, you know, like I said last week, you know, match teams, try hard, but we keep losing. Efforts there, we keep losing. Effort shouldn't be, uh, you know, one week on, one week off, guys. Effort hmm. should be requisite to anything you know yeah. every game there should be effort there should be intensity there should be pride in the jersey all that sort of stuff and we we saw it thursday night i'm not i'm not disappointed but i wasn't expecting to win but yeah it's uh just the life of the tigers fan mate that's it we just got to accept absolutely what yeah what uh you posted not i don't know if it was necessarily a quote josh but in our group chat you posted annesley says if hines arm wasn't there he knocks it on Hmm. And to me, that's just saying he's making an assumption. He's made this decision or this analysis of the referee's decision based on a, on an assumption. Because if he's used the word "if," then that's obviously an assumption that's been made. And hmm. refereeing is not—I don't think it's something to be done on assumption. Um, and if you're making decisions off assumptions, then I think that brings into a, the game a really, really big grey area. And that's going to cause some issues. But yeah. the other thing too, Aaron, is it's gone up as a try. I, I think when there's any type of doubt, why why doesn't the attacking team get the benefit of the doubt like we're meant to get? I, I as I said, I haven't rewatched it. If someone can assure me that um, Talao didn't have a grip on the ball, then I'll accept it. Because if he hasn't, if he hasn't got control of the ball, it's no try every day of the week. But I actually thought he had a grip on it, and the way he bounced up as well. Like I know players can sell a story. But he was just so happy about how it all panned out. There was hmm. no doubt on his face. He was adamant he scored a try. So that that would have been, you know, a, a try two or three metres to the left of the post. Conversion's going to happen. I mean, Wakem's kicked kick like 16 in a row now. So, yeah, it was would have been 18 all with a bit of momentum. Just like, you know, halftime was the worst thing for us, really, because we had all the play the last 10 minutes of that first half. And then we had half time and... We came out. And we didn't really have anything. They they pretty much dominated. So it could have changed things. Back in the days of the video ref, it was always a decision went up, and for especially for tries, the decision went up. And if they couldn't overturn the decision, or if they couldn't find conclusive evidence either way, they'd always say umpires or referees call, umpires call or whatever. Now it seems like they're trying to nitpick everything as deeply as they can, and that's what's frustrating me. And the, the, the skeptic in me, uh, Aaron, too, thinks, you know, especially about that last try you're talking about with uh, Katoa, it was like 32 to 12 at the time. So there's 20 points difference. And I think the line for the game was 22 and a half or thereabouts. Like if you've, mm-hmm. if you've taken, if you've taken the, the minus, you know, you need that try to be scored. And as you said, it, it, uh, firstly, Buller got his hand to the ball. He might have dislodged it slightly from Katoa. And it's hard to say whether he did get it in the end goal. He might have actually grounded it on the touching goal line. So um, I'll have to rewatch it now that you've mentioned the, the touching goal line because that never crossed my mind at the time. It was more the fact of whether he bob- bobbled the ball or not. Right, our next uh, Shinzi quote from this one. Uh, Dane Laurie may be available. Um, Twale will be back from suspension. Um not sure about it, Naden and Nofaluma. So uh, that's ongoing, so we'll wait and see how they are. Um, Appy, two to three. Um, Brooksy will be the same, two to three. So 
still a while off being full full strength. So next couple of games as looking like be without Appy and Brooksy as well. So a, a real uphill battle if it wasn't already. Still no mention of Charlie Staines as well um, and how he's going with his recovery from his um, emergency operation back in April, mm. I think it was. We might have forgotten about him. Um, we haven't got like a an article, like the injury report article from the club in a few weeks. So hopefully we get one of those soon and mm. that might shed some light on some of those other players who've copped some injuries. But yeah, we copped a few in the lead up to the game on Thursday and I th- I think all like all um like scoreline and everything aside, it was a really admirable performance. Um it could have been so much worse, could have been better. Uh but the fact of the matter is we didn't get beat by seventy four and there were we were level at half time and there was a lot more pride in the jersey this week than there was literally five days before that game. Uh here's Sheenzy mentioning uh they got asked about Tommy Talal making a mid season move. Hey, for the rest of the year. No, I know nothing. I know nothing about what's going on there at the moment. There's been talk, but there's nothing. Um, uh, t- there's nothing been said to me anyway. Rob, what do you take from that comment from Sheenzy? I read into that as if he's a little bit pissed off that he's being kept out of the loop with things and things happening behind his back. Am I reading too much into that? Perhaps, but I mean, being the head coach, I mean, he should be in the loop, shouldn't he? So that's, that's my point. As, yeah. much, I'm not, as much as I'm not a fan of you, is that you know they've all got to be on the same page. So uh, I don't know what's going on there. I thought I thought Talau was actually officially signed three months ago. He was only signed a week or two ago. So so who knows? I mean, what do we get out of it by by getting rid of him? If if there's some sort of financial compensation or a swap or something like that, then obviously you'd do it. But um, you know, we got rid of Joe Offingawi without compensation. I mean, it just depends. Are we going to try some other players in his place? We may as well. There's no, there's no yeah. point. Playing. I, I will say this: I've, I've been a really heavy critic of Talau. That's his second good game this year. He had, he had a really good game against Canberra, and he had a really good game last Thursday night. But I mean, he has one good game and then two shockers. So I, I don't know what version of Talau we're going to get every week. But he had a great game the other night. Uh, on to our friends at West Ashfield slash Holman Barnes Group. So they've got a promo going on this week. So they you have a chance to win $222,000 in cash with their winter cold cash promotion. That's on all July uh, at West Ashfield. They draw every Thursday night from 6.30 p.m. You swipe daily i assume that means swipe your membership cards to accumulate tickets into this draw so don't miss this week's major dra- jackpot of forty thousand dollars uh for more from when i had uh friday night boys to uh to west ashfield to watch the game have a have a swipe at this but for for more information uh visit holmanbarnesgroup.com.au holman barnes group bringing people together Right on to the news and the Fainu brother saga rolls on. The, the latest, this was a couple of days ago now, but the mole is reporting the Dolphins are the favourites uh, for, uh, I, I can't remember their first names, um, have uh, 
slipped off my mind. But Rob, have you heard anything in regards to these fellas? Or do you, do you think this is a bit of their management trying to squeeze a bit more dollars out of us? Uh, I, I spoke to their manager last Wednesday. Um, I don't know what I can say and what I can't say. He, he Look, he just seemed a little bit... I don't know whether he's trying to feed me stuff that I'd repeat on the podcast or whatever, but uh, nothing wrong with our offer. Nothing wrong with... Uh, like, he's definitely split, spoken to Wayne Bennett. Uh, they were meeting with Gus Gould, I think, on Thursday. And I, I believe he was meeting with Lee last Saturday morning um, again. And, yeah, like, we're, we're probably the last choice at the moment. Uh, his words were basically that, look, I'm, I'm just... I've got two young blokes. You know, I've got, I've got one bloke who's a superstar. Uh, I want him to go to a club with a vision. Uh, and he's not really crazy about the vision that we seem to have. So... Hmm. I don't, I don't know if that's a hundred percent true. I've just got to take him at his word. Maybe, maybe he's a bit butt hurt that we rejected Schuster because apparently Schuster was a done deal and it was rejected by Sheens and Marshall. Mm. Uh, so yeah, like, and and that's the thing. So I think there's just, it just sounds to me that Sheens, Marshall, Lee, Justin, Fulton, they're not all on the same page at the club, and they they really need to sit down in a room together and just sort out you know, how, how it's all going to be done. I mean, this whole, look, I, I get why, I said it last week or the week before, I get why Lee went and, you know, poached Fulton. Obviously, our biggest problem for the last, gosh, probably almost near our beginning of our existence is is actually recruiting really good talent. Uh, and when we were sitting on zero wins, they probably lost faith in the plan that they had and they went, you know, behind everyone's back to a degree and went and got Fulton. But what they should have done was probably consulted with the coaching staff and said, this is what we're doing, whether you like it or not. And, you know, are we all on board or not? Because it just seems that there there is disharmony there. Uh, not just seems, I've, I've even got it from the other side. I've, I've heard Benji's not 100% happy. So, uh, and that's not to do with Sheens or anything. That's to do with just this whole saga with Fulton. Um, you know, he's disappointed. He wanted to keep Luke Brooks. He thought Luke Brooks, he's made into a better player, which let's face it, he has. But he also thinks we should have made more of a play for him, and and that offer that we made was out of his control. So there's just a lot of issues right now with our recruitment retention, and we effectively don't have a, a class halfback as such uh, for next year. So it's just I don't know how this is going to pan out. I don't know if this is just a a, a play to just sort of you know make us uh, how do I say it just you know, for me to say something so that we do something different. I don't think it's a monetary thing, guys. I, apparently our monetary offer is really good uh, for, the, mm. for the kids. It's just about whether they come to the club or not, that's all. But I, I just think we've, we've got to be a little bit smarter, guys, in, in how we do things. So it's hard, man, because the player managers have got a lot of pull. I mean, you, you can see yeah. it with Isaac Moses at Manly. Like, if you'd have told them they were going to have uh, Seabold as coach, Aaron Woods is locked forward and Luke Brooks is there 5'8 at the beginning of last year, you would have been scoffed at. So I just think the player managers have a, a lot of pull. For me personally, the fact that Sheens and Benji knock back Schuster on that, on the actual just Josh Schuster, nothing else, I'm 100% for that. I, I don't think Schuster's the right guy. I think he's a lazy player defensively and we dodged a bullet. But if you, if you said to me, I've got no halfback, 
and we don't know what this Fain is really like. Is he going to be that next superstar? We heard all that about Luke Brooks. But if he's going to be that next best great halfback and we really, really wanted him, then you've probably got to play the game a bit and say, you know what, for the sake of our club, for the sake of moving forward, let's get Schuster if it means we're going to get these these kids. And then in a year or two, we can always offload Schuster if he's not, if he's not that person. But mm. I, I support the fact that they knock back Schuster. I've got no problem with it, but I just feel now like it, it seemed, because we're knocking back Schuster, it's like, well, what are we doing? Because, you know, it's perceived that why would we want to offer Luke Brooks a contract when Luke Brooks has been a losing halfback who's never played semifinals? Okay, so it comes uh, it comes back on what is our plan as a club? You know, do we have a really good vision? What do we do? And we and as you know, we've seen we keep chopping and changing with our ideas, and and you know we're we're going with Sheens and McDonald, and you know now we're going with Fulton, and we don't seem to stick to any plan as such. So yeah, it, it just doesn't it just doesn't show that we've got solidarity and we're and we've, and we've got a real good plan. So. I, why would you want to bring your star halfback to, to a club that's not doing that? So right now we're in a world of pain trying to find a halfback and, and there's talk of, uh, you know, getting guys from England and, and stuff like that. And, yeah, we're just going to have a, a pretty average halfback for next year if things don't change. But, but I think the five men guys that I've mentioned, they've just got to sit in a room and, and put the egos aside and, and just do what's best for the club. Like, I, I get why the coaches are upset with Fulton coming in without being consulted. Like, I, I don't see any other club that would have recruited a, a player, a, a retention person without consulting with their with their coaches. Like, it just makes no sense. But we're, we're there now. So we have to all work together and, and get it happening. But if there's disharmony there, I, I don't know how, how we attract players even. Like, it's already hard enough to attract players given where we are on the table. But if hmm. everyone thinks upper management and the coaches... Aren't, aren't sort of getting on in terms of what we're doing in recruitment, then why are you going to come to us? And and further to that, there will be players at our club getting itchy feet, happy to get out of contracts early and, and, and want to go somewhere else. Yeah. Sorry if that was a bit no, too that's, long. That's really good. I, I, I mean, I, I learned to explain myself properly, really. No, no, that was, that was perfect. As um, I haven't added it to the slides, but who was the halfback? From England, they were after Brody Croft. Brody Croft. Um, what are your thoughts on that one? As do you reckon he is he as good as anyone that we can get? I mean, at the moment, our options are few and far between. I'd say he's not the sort of player we we need. Um, it could be a bit of a case of Brooks two point because he's had similar issues at other clubs that he's been at. Um, but if we need him for a year or two, um, and there are no other options, then. Who are we to say no? Like the position we're in, we don't have a halfback for next year. So what do we do? Who do we go with if we if we're picking and choosing who we want um, to come to the club? We we may not have that option. He's already contracted in England. He's got a contract for a few more years. Not that he can't get out of it, but I mean, defensively, he's awful. He's fine in attack. He was touted as the next Cooper Cronk. Did not live up to the hype. Uh, Melbourne released him. Brisbane took a punt on him and then he, he didn't last at Brisbane very long and no, no other NRL club wanted him. So, yeah, defensively, he just doesn't cut it, guys. So, def, definitely a no from me. Righto. A few people have asked in the comments. We were, of course, going to talk about the Alan Jones comment at the uh, fundraiser for... Uh, who was the coach? I feel awful forgetting his name. Well, the fundraiser Daniel. was Daniel yeah. Anderson. 
Um, yeah, he's obviously said the fish rots from the head and basically, yeah, Lee happened to be in the crowd and stormed out of the function. Um, according to Buzz Rothfield, I think he was the first one to report this, but someone mentioned the comments, Rob, did you put Mr. Jones up to this? But I mean, <laughs> not it, at all. <laughs> no, not at all. And like, as, like I said, as much as I don't get on with Lee or Justin or whatever, I wouldn't, I wouldn't text them or email them, you know, privately and, and troll them or abuse them. To be brutally honest, I understand why he walked out. I mean, if someone set me up like that, I'd walk out too. So it it, it, it was the wrong place to do it. I, I mean, I yeah. agree with what Stone said, but you just don't do that publicly to someone, especially, you know, you just mentioned it's a fundraiser for Daniel Anderson. I think it was a fundraiser for maybe an ex-footballer as well. There are two people that were going to get benefits out of it. I mean, they've probably just lost a big donation there. I don't know if he's walked out because he's there to, there to support a cause. And mm. you, you just don't do that to people, guys. It doesn't matter what your what your riffs are or, or how much you hate someone. Like, when you get together publicly, you've you got to, you know, hold hold a bit of a standard. I don't know if Jones was asked a question as to, like, what's wrong was, with the yeah. Tigers. Okay, well, well, if he said mm. what's wrong with the Tigers, he could probably – say, look, I just think it's the whole board and the whole management. But when you say the fish rots from the head and the head is sitting there in the function, <laughs> I mean, it's just you just don't do that, guys. It's, I just think it's 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 pretty poor form from Alan Jones. Yeah, I mean, it's not the first thing uh, controversial he's done. What are your memories of him? Obviously, as and I, way too young to well, – I'm not way too young, but I'm slightly too young to remember. Alan Jones as a Tigers – Balmain Tigers – Coach, obviously, he picked up a wooden spoon as Balmain coach, and he, he did ruffle a few feathers feathers in the club back then, didn't he? Yeah, well, look, look, I'll talk about him in terms of football as a person and how he how he's been to me. I, I had a business that uh, I advertised with his radio station, and and he went above and beyond for me. So as a as a person, I, I was really happy with what he did for me and he was he treated me with like an absolute gentleman. So I've got nothing bad to say about him from that point of view. As a football coach, uh, basically we'd lost Warren Ryan. I mean, to anyone that knows him, he's a former rugby union international coach, uh, coached the 1984 Wallabies to an undefeated tour of uh, Great Britain. Um, and then we'd lost Warren Ryan. Bouncing Benny Elias uh, came up with the idea to get Alan Jones, who'd never coached a rugby league game before. Nothing too dissimilar to what our board probably came up with at the moment. And, yeah, I just remember our first year, 1991, we started, I don't know, 0-6, 0-7. I think we won our first game against Penrith. But, um, yeah, look, he, he didn't know too much about coaching. He wanted to make the ball go sideways. And, you know, Gary Jack famously said, you know, once, I don't think he knows what number fullback is, whether it's number one or number 15. So uh, ruffled a few feathers, uh, brought in one of his favourites, a, a guy called Brian Smith, not the coach, brought a, him in as a half and got rid of Gary Freeman. And Gary Freeman in his first year at the Roosters won the Dally M Award. So, hmm. um, yeah, look, we, we kind of went downhill from there, to be fair, but he wasn't a rugby league coach. I mean, he just didn't understand the game probably just thought you could throw the ball around willy-nilly and and it'd be sweet and it, it just never worked but he had a lot of pull and he you know he, he had a lot got a lot of sponsors to the club and was good from a monetary point of view at the time but then once he left yeah the club went downhill there you go good little history lesson right let's uh get into the game even though it was 
feels like a lifetime ago. So 36-12, lost to the Sharkies in the, this one. Um, a few stats as anything on this screen there that kind of stands out for you. I mean, statistically, we're right up there against, and again, another game where statistically, yeah, we were in the fight, but just not on the scoreboard. Yeah, possession, obviously, we were fairly close in possession, 52 to 48% You're in favour of the Sharks there. Uh, completion rate wasn't too bad. We made a few errors at crucial times and they cost us, um, and they, which they always tend to do. So 78% there isn't too bad, but could be better. Uh, run meters, despite the possession difference um, and the difference in runs, we were completely outgunned in the forwards by the looks of those mm. numbers. Um, I think that's probably one of the first times, other than the Cowboys game two weeks ago, where we've been both outgunned on the scoreboard and in the stats, particularly with the meters for, from our forwards. Um, but I will say as well, the Sharks' backs do a lot of good running um, with the ball out of their end and that they got us a lot more than we got them in that area on Thursday night. Yeah. What are your thoughts on this one, Rob? Uh, on the game in general, look, I, I thought yeah. we competed really hard. Uh when it was 12 nil, I mean, even though that first try was a double movement, I, I think it could have been, a, the score could have been a hell of a lot worse. Did not see points really coming from anyone. I, I thought in terms of attack, Will Smith's sort of sideways running and threw a couple of nice cutout balls in, in attack. He was really good, but he's just as, he's atrocious defensively, like just doesn't want to put his body behind the line. But in attack, he actually sparked a bit. And the fact that he ran sideways and when he had players in motion, he, he was quite creative. So... Um, you know, hopefully Dane Laurie watched a bit of that and maybe can take a bit of what he did, Will Smith did in attack, but can just get his body behind behind and defend some players. But uh look, Sean Bloor played great in the middle. Uh sure. I, I thought I thought mm. his stint was fantastic. And to upset you a little bit, I actually think Alex Safarth was even better than Sean Bloor. Mm. Um they, they were wow. both outstanding okay. off the bench. Oh look, Alex Alex Safarth, the first thing he did when mm. he came on the ball, he basically had a license to, it seemed like he had a license to just offload the ball. It was like, if you mm. get tackled with the ball, you're going to get shot dead. So he just threw the ball around as soon as he got offloaded. He actually put Sean through for that. Uh, he did, it was his assist, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was a beautiful short ball. So I, I thought Alex Safarth, who I've always said most of the year, he's quite bland, he doesn't offer anything, etc., etc. He had an absolute blinder. So uh, look, I, I thought both those guys were good. Uh, you know, De Silva was good in his little sin off the bench, came up with a nice intercept, which probably should have led to a sin bin. I thought we were a little bit stiff there. Um, who else played well? Uh, look, Jareen Buller, like he's just, I, I know we've harped on about him a lot, but again, the other night we spoke about the Katoa try at the end of the game, how he puts his body on the line. Even when Talakai got his second try, uh, which was in the second half, I mean, he ground, he grounded the ball, but Buller just tackles him and puts his tries to get underneath him, and he just never gives up. Like I know he's got some spark in attack, but he's going to be the best defensive fullback in the game. He he's always there. We've mentioned you know his earlier stuff he's done on Nathan Cleary and and Ravalawa, two tackles on Ravalawa. Like he has he really actually made a bad attempt in a try saving situation because I actually can't remember one. So we've got an absolute gem in terms of the defensive fullback there and, and the kid can attack as well. So uh, I, Jareen Buller just continues to impress. I, I still feel Tupu's down on confidence 
and form. He, he, he was looking really good about six weeks ago. He's gone a little bit backwards. Salah had a great game. But, look, we'll go through all the players individually. But yeah, uh, I, I just think if we'd have got to 18-all, if Kapoa grounds that ball instead of looking at where the fullback was going and Wakem makes a conversion, I, I think we might have gone right down to the wire. But it, it didn't end up deserving a 36-12 to 12 finish. I, no, I, just thought, I just thought we were much better than that. Yeah, 100%. Uh, some of our stats leaders, so for tackles, Johnny Bateman, 49 tackles, none missed. Uh, Jakey Simpkin had 35, Fennel Pole 36, uh, and Alex Clemmer, 34. Uh, tackle bust, Dream Buller had four, and he uh, led run meters with 158, which is actually quite low. He had a run of 200-plus for a while there as Dream Buller. So, yeah, he did. He bit, was... Um... Meterator, but yeah, a little bit down on production. But when you get less ball, when you make silly errors, um, mm. you didn't really get as much of a chance this week. Yeah. Uh, post-contact meters was Clemmo with 46. And the only line breaks were from Tommy Talau and my guy, Sean Bloor, obviously, for his meat pie there. Obviously, yeah, my guy, Sean Bloor, getting... I can't believe literally the game that I... The first home game I miss in however long, and Sean Bloor scores a try. I was watching the game uh, on my phone, so I had a and I was on a bit of a delay, and the app um, notifications from the West Tigers, obviously, you know, when it tells you who scored and convert, whatever, I was getting those about 30 seconds before I could actually, I was watching it on the Nine Now app through a VPN or something. I saw Sean Bloor pop, like it popped down. There was still two tackles before the actual try. And I was just like, so I actually knew, was watching it knowing it was coming. And I was, uh, yeah, I was watching it in bed with the, the wife asleep because obviously two hours ahead, it was like 11 o'clock at night, um, fist pumping, trying not to, to wake her up. So, but uh, what a moment, great moment for my guy, Sean Ball. I sent him a message after the, after the game, said, I'm devo that I missed it, but I'm sure there'll be plenty more uh, to come from that. So, any, he liked that. So, uh, I fingers admit, Josh, I, I was sitting quite calmly watching the game, not getting my hopes up. And I said, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to get worked up over this game. But when, when Sean went over, I jumped off the lounge yeah. and kind of went a bit crazy. I was really happy for him because he's copped a lot of undeserved criticism and um, he had a blinder the other night. So, well done to Sean. Give the man a fucking contract, Pasco, already. Jesus Christ, do not let him walk out of this club. He's been our best player the last. Well, what at least top three best players? What last four or five games? Don't don't he's let another to look elsewhere. He's been told to look elsewhere, mate. Well, he was a few weeks ago, and I heard that he actually had the opportunity to switch clubs mid-season and chose not to. So maybe, just maybe, they will see the light. And for what I know, he hasn't signed anything yet elsewhere so fingers crossed they they lock it i think he wants to remain loyal to the club even though the turkeys at the freaking top don't whatever don't apparently sheenzy um doesn't rate him so it's actually not it's probably been unfair to pasco and lee somewhat but right. apparently, I, don't rate, I don't rate sheens anyway so we're even That's yeah fine. so uh crazy just man i'll be devastated if they let him let him walk they're gonna gotta offer him something surely like 
the way the way he's been playing, and you called it last week, Rob, that he should move back into the front row rotation, and he just he was uh, sensational. He like part he, of that. He's a good defender, mate. I mean, he's been on our left edge, and that left edge has been getting torn up all year. Whether Isaiah Papali's been there or he's been there, so it makes him look bad. As a one-on-one defender, Sean Bloor doesn't miss tackles. Okay, so you put him in the meat of the ruck there, he's going to hurt you. He's not just going to tackle, he's going to hurt. And and he promoted some second phase the other night. He runs hard. Every time he ran the ball, you could even hear the commentary. The commentary were kind of getting excited about him. I don't know, maybe he should join Parramatta because he seems to love that Combank Stadium. Like That's that's where he made his initial cameo against us when he beat up Nathan he did Brown. Too, yeah. uh, so maybe that's the ground he, he loves playing at. But don't uh, yeah. say that, Rob. If he well, I'm just you know I'm just talking as I talk. So all I, the I, I love him to say I've got back throw out there. Here. Like you, you and I and Aaron, we've all and even you know Shane, we've all we know what he can be, and we and we knew the sort of player he was. So it's just good to see that you know coming out now. So hopefully he can keep it up and and change whoever's mind it is that says he needs to go elsewhere. Uh, looking at the table, not that we really want to. So sitting at the bottom, the Dragons, all we can hope for is 16th at that po- at this point. And the Dragons, uh, what is that as? What's the maths there? 42 ahead of us in the for and against. So, I mean, if we beat them, we, we jump them in a couple of weeks' time. Assuming Dragons don't win another game either. But um, that's the best we can hope for at the moment. Well, they've they've still got a buy, um, which that which is happening this coming weekend. So they'll Fuck, go two I points against that. us this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, we, uh, just beat the knights. Just beat the knights. Okay. The dog the dogs win over the um, rabbits has made it really hard for them to get the spoon now because they've got a buy in hand as well. So they're going to finish at least on eighteen. Um, but if we can make it up to eighteen to overtake them if they don't win another game. They're for and against, as you can see, is god-awful. So, hmm. But yeah, it so, does seem now that the Spoon is a race between us and the Dragons. Uh, how far ahead of the, the Bulldogs? Obviously, got to get in the win. Didn't help either. So they're four points ahead of us now in 15. Yeah, so. With one buy in hand. Because their for and against is worse than ours. They're minus 216. We're minus 179. So... The doggies within um, it, it helped that bigs. we copped a seventy-four point hammering and they copped a sixty-six point hammering on the same weekend. As much as I hate the Bulldogs, it's just it is sad those three massive Sydney clubs just struggling for what four going on four or five years now. All th- all three clubs, it's just it's fucking suck. It makes footy so much less interesting. I know I'm being a biased Sydney person with that take, but I don't know, the footy, it just doesn't feel the same without Tigers, Dragons. And you think about the best seasons, like 2010, 2011, even 2005, like those mid-2000s when the Tigers and Dragons and Bulldogs were good teams, I think footy was at its peak. But I'm probably being very, very biased with that take. Uh, right on to our friends at Mobile Corp. So Mobile Corp supports local businesses by managing their IT, their networks, and their mobile devices. If you're a local business owner looking for a partner who will take away the hassle of dealing with IT issues, make sure you have cybersecurity in place, handle all your mobile device needs, then Mobile Corp can help. Mobile Corp is a family-run business and a long-time supporter of the West Tigers. 
uh, reach out to our friend Stephen and the team at Mobile Corp. Check out mobilecorp.com.au. That's mo- mobilecorp.com.au. And shouts to Ciro and Shane Walker in the uh, MLC jerseys on the screen there. Uh, to lower grades, both our lower grades got the win. Well, I say both. The uh, the girls didn't, which I'll get you to mention in a minute. Uh, as but the Magpies got a win against the Newtown Jets at Henson Park on Saturday afternoon. Uh, I believe they're up fourteen nil, and then the Jets came back, and then we ended up scoring with four minutes to go um, to get over. So a pretty pretty um, big win this one. Newtown Jets were. We're on top, I believe, as... They were, sec- they were second. Second, yeah. So, massive upset by the Magpies, who are obviously uh, a lot of players playing first grade at the moment who'd otherwise be in the Magpies, if not for, for injury. So, a big big win for the boys there. I wish I uh, was at Henson Park for that one on Saturday, Arvo. Uh, and New South Wales Cups, they're up to 10th now. So, I don't still somewhat in the hunt for uh, finals. The cup team. And in Jersey flag, the boys had a win on Saturday as well, 24-16 over the Knights up in Maitland. So good on the Jersey flag boys getting the win there. They're in 10th place as well. Um, Yeah, I think they're... I mean, it's pretty close to Jersey flag, isn't it? We're at 18 points. And six places on 21. So I think there's still still a chance. It's still a chance to get the uh, the flag boys into the finals as well. So good at least some bit of success uh, across the club. Uh, as the girls in their first trial, though, they didn't get the dub, unfortunately. No, they didn't. So at points bet on Saturday afternoon, uh, the girls went down to the Sharks 22-0. Um, the main thing I want to point out is that the team that started, so the starting 13, I think maybe only six or seven of those girls will be in the starting 13 come okay. round one in 13 days' time. Um, they, they tried a few of the few of the uh, backup girls, I think, at the start of the game because at halftime the score was 16-0 and then we obviously only conceded another six points uh, from one try in the second half once defence tightened up. Uh, they didn't get too many opportunities on attack, but when they did, there was a lot of drop ball, um, particularly from our halves. So, yeah, there's a there's a lot to work on there. I don't think it's panic stations just yet. Um, like I said, there's still two weeks until round one kicks off. And speaking of round one, um, for anyone who's interested, tickets are on sale. Uh, our first game as an NRLW team is on the 23rd of July at 12pm at Combank, an away game against the Para Eels. What day of the week is that? Saturday? Sunday. Sunday. Beautiful. Sunny. It's a, it's a standalone game. There's no NRL or anything on before or after it, as far as I'm aware. Um, that weekend, I'm pretty sure the Eels are up in Townsville, so there's definitely no overlap with their men's team there. So, yeah. And where are, the, where are our men's team... That uh, that's Thursday against the Dragons, I believe. Okay. Uh, so, Wollongong for the boys on Thursday. Yeah, but, um, yeah, might head along to that one. Support, support the girls 
there. Right on to player ratings. So as uh, – do you want to read these out? I've got a little bit – I have come home with a little bit of a flu and trying to mute myself and not cough and sneeze at the moment. Do you want to go through the player ratings for me? No worries. All right, so Jareem got a 6.9. Asu got a 3.5. Toa, 5.2. Talau, 3.4. Junior Tupo, 4.9. Will Smith, 5.3. And Brandon Wakeham, 4.9. Stefano and Jake Simkin both got 5.8. David Klemmer with 6.2. Isaiah Papali'i with 7.7. Johnny Bateman, 6.3. Fanua Pole, 5.7. Talon De Silva, 5.7. Highest score of the night, Sean, oh, Sean Bloor off the bench, 7.9. I didn't vote this, I promise. I didn't. <laughs> that's just how the people voted. 6.6 for Alex Safarth and 6.4 for Atasi James. Tim Sheen's 4.0. Uh, Rob, I'll be honest, not as many votes in this one. So any low or super high uh, votes kind of skewed numbers a little bit. So there are a few numbers in there that are a bit unfair. I saw um, Jason reckons Tommy Talao's 3.4 is a bit harsh. That's very harsh. Uh, very, very harsh. And I, I think if, if Alex Safarth can only score in the sixes, then there's an issue there because I thought he was really, really good. Um, yeah, I can I can accept. My, I actually think Jareen Buller should be higher as well. I don't know what they expect from Jareen Buller. Uh, just trying to focus in on looking at those others. Hard to see these numbers properly. Wake, Wakeham's a bit low. I mean, Wakeham organised things, I thought, quite well. Uh, you know, if Kapoa dives on that ball, we're thinking, what a great kick. Probably no one remembers that kick. I mean, don't forget, he's basically surrounded by his New South Wales Cup teammates from the start of the year. So it's not like he had much to work with. So, yeah, I look, I just think some of it's a bit harsh. But, you know, I mean, like I said, we're, we're pretty frustrated at the moment. So... Uh, some of these marks might have some previous games in, in the back of their mind when it, when it comes to voting, in my opinion. I just checked the numbers. Tommy Talao actually got a 6.1. So obviously forgot to update his number there. I believe that 3.4 is from last week. So he did actually get a 6.1, Tommy Talao. Okay, well, yeah, that, that's that's more like it, I suppose. Um, look, I actually think Stafford Toa, like we said last week, we were worried about I actually thought maybe Kapoor and Toa would swap, if you remember me saying that in the preview, uh, mm. because Talakai's a big body, and, and poor old Stafford Toa, he couldn't handle Talakai. Talakai was too big, too strong for him, so maybe maybe we should have done a swap there. Um, I feel sorry for Kapoor. I'm not a fan of his, but the blokes play second row, centre, wing, left side, right side. Uh, I don't know how he's supposed to play well, to be honest. He, he really shouldn't have been on the wing at all, um, and, it was, and it cost us in the end too. Uh, Atazi James on debut, he uh, 6.4 there. He's a big lad, as I, I thought he looked pretty impressive for his first crack at NRL. Yeah, I thought he was quite solid as well. Um, he didn't shy away from anything defensively. Uh, he put his body on the line there and made some good hard runs. Um, kid has a bit of a bright future ahead of him if he can string some game time together. Unfortunately for him, he probably drops out of the team uh, in this next team list that that'll drop tomorrow because Twell comes back in and most likely takes that spot. But um, yeah, we'll have to wait and see, but I think, yeah, for a debut, um, it was quite a solid performance. Uh, Rob, do you think Pole moving back to, you, you called this Pole back to 13 
uh, in the middle. It was a right call. 100% right call. Uh, getting getting the two, uh, Bateman and Papali'i, back to where they needed to be. And look, we just had to sort out our defence back to how it was. I mean, obviously, leaking, you know, 36 points isn't great, especially when you consider Nico Hines uh, only kicked four out of eight. So it could have been much higher. Um, but, yeah, we've, we've got to get our defence right. You know, we, we can't, as a club, just keep having, you know, we, we not that we've had many, but if, if it got to the point where we were getting 50 put on us every week, I mean, it's just already disheartening. We, we don't need further pain on us. So, again, as we said in the preview, I felt like this team was picked, the best possible team to pick to make it a respectable scoreline. I, I don't think we're doing the right thing in terms of, trying you know certain players like we haven't given riley a go we haven't given some other players a go but again james got to start will smith got to start so we got to see what they can do and what they can't do and i agree with aaron i mean it was a solid debut from james i wouldn't say it wasn't like you know wow we but it was good and you know it was his debut so can't yeah. expect too much but he, he certainly got the size you know and, and frame to look like he can do a job uh, right over some of your best comments. So if you haven't uh, contributed to the uh, player voting, so you can drop a comment and I pick the best ones to read out each week. Uh, Chris said, scoreline didn't reflect the effort. Players playing out of position and so deep in the halves now, it's a joke. Uh, rubber the green and some ref howlers sorted. We win that game. Uh, David said, no thoughts on the game because nothing changes when nothing changes. On a side note, love your work, lads, and through your potty, I've become even more in love with this club. Weird, I know. Yep, that is a little bit weird to uh, fall more in love with this club, but no, we appreciate the uh, compliment, David. Uh, listening to your passion validates my passion as a long-time supporting fan to know people like you share my passion, and most of the times, my thoughts on the club is fantastic. Better times ahead once we clear the deadbeats in power. So, yeah, thanks for that. David, uh, Kenny said, I don't understand what the coaching staff have been doing all year. We have zero structure and fuck all variation in the red zone. It's simply hit up, hit ups and catch and pass. The only tries we've scored, there seem to be from individual efforts or pure ass. Uh, yardage has been good for the majority of the season, but the last few weeks have been ordinary, say the least. You'd expect the team to gradually look better throughout the year, but we've got arguably worse. Uh, that's from Kenny. I disagree uh, Dory, about it. Tries though, Josh. Those those two tries weren't just one up sort of. You know, it was a, it was a nice short ball from Safe after mm. to Bohr, and it was a good cutout pass from Will Smith to Talau. So yeah. I mean, I, but I mean, yeah, in general, it's, I I agree with that for most of the season, but not the two tries the other night were pretty good. And I will uh, say, like, it's a bit hard for our team to perform um, as well as we did at the start of the season when the team we had at the start of the season isn't the team we have now with all the injuries we've got. Yeah, um, injuries are got to be uh, injuries players. are an excuse. Like we have, what's the the amount of dollars on the sideline for our team at the moment? Before about four mil, you reckon? Uh, Close to I, it. Adam Adam Appy. I mean, Brooks is a million Brooks-y. on his own on the back end. Yeah, Appy's probably Noffa's like five. Though. Yeah, Noffa's about five fifty as well. Okay, and it might be got, more. And what what are the who else is missing? Naden. I mean, Adam. Adam. Is there like anyone else? Who's two? Sorry, Stainsy. Stains. Okay, not two. Okay, well, probably around three million. I can be close to four mil once you total it all up. 
Like it's, you think about the fact we started the year with Joffa as well, and he's not at the club oh, anymore. That's true. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's another four fifty. Yeah, you got to count that because yeah, he was on the roster and we haven't replaced him. So yeah, my point is, already. we're putting it. We're putting out a team that's probably four or five mil less than our opposition at the moment. So we used to do that every week a couple of years ago, Josh, when we had uh, what's his name, McQueen and Reynolds and. Yeah, and uh, what's it, Madalino and Packer and all uh-huh. these guys in third grade? We had about three or four million there every week, so we did bloody amazingly to come ninth and eleventh. Uh, Doreen, her comment was "ref sucks balls." I liked that one, Doreen. Definitely. Nice. Uh, Craig, uh, Craig M said, "I showed some pr- uh, showed some pride when down twelve nil. Easily was thinking, crap, here we go again. Game changed on the Talao. No try call. Thought it was probably correct." Uh, Sharks went down the other end even and scored, even though it should have been our ball from Hines knocking it on first. Uh, I know we're missing Brooks and Appy, but geez, our attack, and particularly in the opposition 20, is crap. We do nothing with it. We move the ball far too slow, and we hardly get repeat sets. All the bravado from Sheens and Lee in preseason saying we, saying we are going to be an amazing attacking team, yet to still see it. Uh, one good thing, though, don't need sleeping tablets to fall asleep anymore. Watching our attack in the opposition 20, that does a trick now. That's from Craig. Um, uh, Chris Locke says, more work on our kick and chase timing. is like chalk, chalk and cheese all season. Our catches are constantly under pressure while our opponents are under none. 100%. Whenever a ball goes in the air, it... Um, we just do fuck all with it, and the opposition seems to score a lot from it. Well, that, so. Ramey, that Ramian try, Ramian actually knocks the ball forward, but no one's there to contest the Touch ball. It. So he actually gets his own knock on back in the air and yeah. nullifies it and dives over and scores. So if, if anyone was going for that ball, all it had to do was touch one of our guys and it's our, our ball and a turnover. So, yeah, I, I agree with that. We're, we're terrible. These are the little one percenters that you do, going back to a couple of comments ago, what are we teaching them at training? You know, and that that's that's Tom Talau and that's his side of the field. Like, that's someone that's been there most of the year. So, who knows? Uh, Kim Ranger said, like to see Smith get another go. Like the new guy, James and Bloor had a blinder. Surely they have to re-sign him. Uh, some tough calls went against us, but much improved effort. Uh, righto, on to Patreon. Have the Patreon guys got anything for us this week? Let me have a... Quick look, and in the ad before we put a lid on this game, as uh, not really. It's just a little disappointing that um, some teams in well, in the media in particular get uh, given the leniency of having star players out, like spine players, and um, no one really bats an eye when it's us that has the spine players out. Like when it's the good teams, oh, and and they lose, it's oh, all sunshine and rainbows because. Don't worry, they'll be better once those players come back. But for us, nah, it's just how crap we are. That's a fair point, Aaron. When you consider that Para got toweled up and they were missing Gutherson and Moses, it shows you how important they are because I actually thought Para, especially early in the game, they looked quite solid and they were trying hard. But, you know, uh, New Zealand really, sh- you know, found them out. And who the Rabbits were missing as well. Cody oh, the, Ra- the Rabbits were missing six players. Like, even though we all tipped South. I kind of said last week, get on Canterbury with a head start because, you know, it's just too hard to perform without your six best players, and, and that's what they were missing. Sorry, Gosh. one last cough. 
Sorry, I had to mute myself. One last cough there. Uh, yeah. No Patreon questions, but Shane Cohen, our Benji Marshall, he did have a rant that he sent through. So the players put in a decent effort last Thursday, but I'm now of similar opinion to Rob. Whether we win, lose, or draw, who gives a shit? I don't want to hate on the players as the effort is there most weeks. A lot of these kids are nowhere near ready for first grade, but have been promoted due to our lack of depth. Again, I blame those two morons at the top. Uh, I was over the moon to hear Alan Jones give it to Hadji and his pal at the charity lunch. Yvonne Sampson asked a question and he answered it. Honestly, I tipped my hat to Alan Jones the same way I tipped my hat to Shannon Kavanagh when he uh, he told him what he thought of senior management some months ago. Just finally, my rant mentioned, uh, he's talking talk about last episode, that I wanted everyone from 2005 gone. I should have elaborated a little more. I meant only in official roles. I'd love nothing more for Robbie or Benji to be involved with mentoring, etc. The only exception is Todd Payton. Yes, Rob, you were spot on. Uh, I would love no- nothing more to have him back at the club. But why would, why would Todd Payton want to come back? <laughs> Oh, they've, they've starting to find their, their straps now, the Cowboys. Yeah. Uh, righto, so it's the Origins finally finishing this Wednesday. I know it sound, sound a bit like a salty New South Welshman saying it that way, but uh, that means no show Wednesday night. We are looking to do a Wednesday during the, uh, during the day show. So I don't know if you're at work on Wednesday and want something to do on your lunch break, we're going to do the show during the day it's um the three of us are off this week so uh yeah we're looking to do the show then keep an eye out uh for the notification on the youtube subscribe and um the notification will come through so obviously no point of it Uh, i'm actually heading to origin i'm going to put myself through that and manage to score free tickets but um what about you boys looking forward to the dead rubber on wednesday night uh, yes and no. Uh, I, I really do think it's going to be James Tedesco's last rep game. Uh, I, I, you know, unless he does something crazy good next year, I, I think that's it for him. So uh, hopefully the New South Wales team can get a win for him. But yeah, it is a dead rubber. But I'd like to see Cody Walker have a good game as well. I'm a big fan of his as a footballer. And uh, yeah, I, I just think he'll spark a lot of attack and it should go down to the wire. Right, so yeah, we'll preview the Knights game, uh, Friday night's game against the Knights in that episode. So join us then, fellas. It's good to be back on the uh, on the stream, and thank you to all our uh, dozens and dozens of listeners or slash viewers that joined us tonight. It's great to be back with you all, and thank you for your contributions. Anything else as before we say goodnight to Big Dog? No, that pretty much. Oh, actually, yeah. One thing. Um, obviously, an announcement came through today. A player or an ex-player of ours who we would all agree didn't have the best career for us. Um, but uh, I thought I'd acknowledge him tonight anyway. Uh, Josh Reynolds announced his retirement from the NRL. He he was he's the player who decided to retire so that um, Toby Sexton could join their squad. Um, congratulations to Josh on his career. And all the best to him in his retirement. Yeah, absolutely. One of the nicest footballers uh, I've ever met, Josh Reynolds. And I thought that actually before he came to the West Tigers when I met him. Uh, I, I never used to like him and then I met him. And when anyone who's met him probably agree. He's absolutely legend. Such a genuine so, bloke. Yeah, he's, he's a good guy. 
So, yeah, congratulations to uh, Mr. Reynolds. Right, Rob, anything before uh, I hit the finish I'm all, I'm all good tonight for once, Josh. Nice, clean hour. Just over an hour tonight. So we're getting getting better at this. Either that or it's just a shit football team that we don't want to talk about for two hours anymore. Bit of both. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, as always, guys, go the Tigers. Go the Tigers. Go the Tigers. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Westlife Podcast. Please follow us at Westlife Pod on Instagram and Twitter and facebook.com forward slash westlifepod. You can also support and take part in the show at patreon.com forward slash westlife and give us a subscribe on YouTube and turn notifications on. We'll see you again next time on another episode of the Westlife Podcast.